Welcome back to Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am Kevin, as usual. Uh, if you are a returning listener, uh, welcome back. Uh, thank you for, for tuning in yet again. If you're new to this whole thing, um, welcome to the basement. I'm glad you came down to hang out for a little while. You picked a good show to tune into, though, uh, to make it your first. Uh, this week, we're going to be not reviewing an album. We're going to be doing an interview with uh, a Washington, D.C. band, The North Country. Uh, North Country has been around for a little while. They put out an album a couple years ago. They have a new album coming out on April 20th, I believe, uh, which I will just tell you uh, up front is one of my favorite albums of 2015 by anybody. Local, otherwise, doesn't matter. Uh, there is nothing to fear is the name of the album, uh, and it is it is fairly astounding. Um, so we went to see uh, them play at uh, a house venue known as Babe City, with a uh, there's a stacked uh, stacked lineup with our friends uh, Stranger in the Alps, a couple other bands, and uh, then the day after uh, Andrew and uh, Mike, who plays drums, uh, stopped by. Uh, to talk about the new album and talk about sort of DC scene in general and, w- and what they're trying to do with the North Country and what their hopes are for this music. Um, so that is what you're about to get into. Uh, rather than ramble on any more about that, I think we're just going to get to it and then we'll check in at the back end here. So here you go. Uh, this is episode number 112 of Chunky Glass of the Podcast, talking with Andrew Grossman and Michael Hernandez of the band The North Country. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Yeah, two-word review just a shit sandwich. That right there he is a logical power. basement andrew and mike of the north country uh saw your show last night babe city which is sort of uh, sort of badass yeah it was cool. it, it, it's a thing um we've been doing these interviews a while and a lot of times we do them for like touring bands coming through uh and i realized early on uh that uh it's really good to see a band perform live sure because that's sort of i mean regardless of how good an album they made or how good which you guys have and we'll, we'll get to that sure. uh, uh, regardless of how good an album uh, a band has made like y- you don't get the interaction you don't really have a lot to talk about with them because you can't see how they like interact with the crowd interact sure. with each other sure. <laughs> you know what kind of I guess musical relationship yeah uh, they've made with everybody uh, so the album you have coming out is There's Nothing to Fear yep uh, when, when is it coming out? It uh, comes out uh, 420. 420? Huh? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> legal in D.C. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but uh, you can get it, you can get uh, physical copies uh, at uh, our shows. 
now uh, coming up. Well, coming up, for, coming up uh, this now. Tour. So yeah, you're you're about to embark on a tour and yep. stuff. Yep. Um, this is your second album. Am I incorrect? This is our or second is this album. First album. This is our second album. And this is uh, for some reason, Andrew. I don't know if I talked to you before. Or somebody, uh, it was at like a Dirty Ghost show at Comet Ping Pong. Mm. It's a couple years ago. Maybe. But you guys have been around for a while. But am, yeah. am, I, am I right in saying that the lineup's been sort of shifting? It, that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like Mike, when did you come to the band? Well, uh, Andrew did a, his own solo kind of output mm-hmm. called uh, The Man Plus the Machine. And okay. I came on, it's a little more electronically focused. Uh, to do that about a year and a half ago yeah. and that went swimmingly and yeah. it's kind of it's it's felt right ever since um, so I've kind of joined the North Country after that nice and, yeah nice and I mean I mean seeing you last night seeing like the chemistry that you all had I mean it's it's clear like this is was, was this initially like just a songwriting output for you um in in the beginning yeah. but uh, I I like to think of uh, this band as a little more collaborative yeah um than just like uh just songwriting out like I, I write the songs but i think um everyone in the band i think is in the band because they bring something yeah, so, interesting. so yeah so let's start there like sure. you have um the first single uh is that it, if you've heard it, it is uh you have a very expansive sound and i don't think that comes from that can't well, I guess it could come from one person. Sure. But it doesn't. So when you when you start with this idea of what yeah. you want it to be just on a song level, sure. Um, how does, like, hey, say he pull you in, Mike, and say, do, do you just drop it into the group and say, let's sort of flush this out? Um, so I usually have, uh, I'll have my guitar parts and we'll have um, maybe like a, a rough drum kind of electronic drum thing mm-hmm. that I'll just like record for a demo just to give like the groove or the vibe of it. Yeah. But, um, we will hammer it out as a group, um, in practice and we'll play a couple shows with it just before we kind of all realize what it's supposed to be. Um, and that's, that's a collaborative process. And sometimes that can take a few, few months, yeah. you know, before it's like, okay, this is what the song is supposed to be. Right. And then do you all just lock in and feel it and be like, yeah, this is good? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you do a lot of like road testing, like it shows? I, I think so. I, we have uh, we have some new songs that we're working on now where we're like they're still fresh and it's still we're still kind of like settling mm-hmm. into what everyone's part is and what everyone's role is in the song. So yeah, I, actually, one thing I noticed at the show last night is a lot of people already knew the words to some of these new songs. Sure, which sure. is to be, I mean, to be fair, you had a lot of friends there. Yeah, yeah. But at the yeah. same time, if you played them in front of people, yeah, you know, that that is, yeah. and, and that is, I think, a, a sort of a highlight of at least these this new batch of songs is that they are sort of. Uh, catchy is the wrong word. It's making it sound more poppy, but they they lock in on stuff. I mean, sure. it sounds like you guys are swinging, uh, you know, for bands like Wilco, bands like My Morning Jacket, yeah, uh, stuff like that, and uh, and you're in general like bands like Arcade Fire, yeah, and in general, but you're you're hitting it, which is thank you. Yeah, well, it's a lot of artists tend to you, you can wear your influences on the sleeve, sure. on the sleeve. And then I think a lot of artists then do that and don't uh, they they want to they want to avoid like being like oh you're just copying this band mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. after the uh, the blurred lines decisions they really sure. want to avoid that yeah yeah but mm-hmm. uh, but then some people and I think you guys 
uh, are, are sort of of this latter type. They they're like unafraid to just be like, no, this is what we like, and this is what we're gonna. Is that yeah? Is that conscious for you when no. you're either either when you're writing or when you're like I, working on the music? I mean, yeah, it's an interesting question. I think uh, the issue in general of how conscious you are right. of anything in the creative process, and I've I've been uh, kind of reevaluating my own thoughts on that of how conscious I should be about. Whether it's like, here's something that I like, should I deliberately try to put it out, or is it like, like I'll like I'll write something, and I'll and I kind of go through this process of like, is this good? Yeah. Should I pursue this idea or just kind of throw it out? And I think um, I'm trying to be less deliberate and less conscious, and just right. kind of go with like a gut feeling, like this this feels good, yeah. this, this sounds good, or. As opposed to like, well, this doesn't fit into this genre or that genre and we're going for this or that. But just kind of like my gut says yes or my gut says right. no and just trusting that. And I've been trying to do more of that. Have, have you ever turned around like in the like in the middle of like hashing on the songs with you guys and been like, oh, shit, we just wrote a Wilco song? <laughs> like, I think uh, I think it's it's sometimes surprising what I think like last the like last night's show, I mm-hmm. think. um you know, because with with a lot of the you know our a lot of the lineup is still all fresh, yeah, and so we're still I think figuring out what everyone what everyone is doing and what what the band is now with this group of people. We, and, yeah, Johnny Fantastic, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he, and he's not a normal part of the band. No, right? no, uh, no. Was that just a last minute? Like, no, it was. Well, we've had. Um, well, yeah, it was pretty. It's kind of a last minute thing. Yeah, I guess you could say. He did that. a good job. If he's he did, so. he did, he did do a very good job. Um, but yeah, we're still trying to figure out what everyone's role is. And I think it was, uh, there were, there were parts of the songs where it was like, oh, are we, we're this kind of band. Okay, cool. You know, like yeah. I didn't, like, I didn't even know going in that that's what. Going in that, this specific show? Yeah. yeah really? Yeah. Wow. And it's, it's interesting though, how like things can reveal themselves during shows or during practice yeah. that you never. But I think that's kind of the fun of it too. Well, it's the fun of it, and it's fun for the audience. And I, sure. and I think eventually sure. you end up with a good, a good front man or a good like showman or whatever is going to like ride with that. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could have a completely like weird like dark energy. Yeah, and then yeah. you know you just take the show down to sure. there, or sure. you can you know what you guys had, even though the light kept fucking coming on, right? <laughs> but, yeah, uh, you know, but still just kept bouncing off like what was going on there yeah. and stuff yeah. and even in that like that's a babe city is a small place sure i don't know sure. what, what do you think like 50 people something like that it's like six, 50 60 something that can like fit that. down there yeah comfortably yeah. and, yeah. Uh, comfortably. and you know people were like literally like it was packed and people were bouncing off the walls yeah you know um which was like really nice to see especially for some stuff that's not necessarily road tested yeah i mean it was a great lineup yeah to be fair yeah I mean, you know steve who's been down where you are right now yeah uh from stranger in the alps yeah and uh oh, what was the richmond band big mama shakes big mama shakes yeah yeah um when so so that's that's on a song level uh this uh album i think divides almost neatly into uh two parts and you get up to Never There Part 1 and then Part 2 is this instrumental which I think you guys have been closing with yep, yep. Uh,
it sort of like shuts the door on one thing and yeah. then goes into this 21st century. Yep. So you see a lot of people, uh, big artists, small artists, local, everything, being like, you should do singles and stuff mm-hmm. and you should do this. But you guys seem to actually be thinking album-wise. Is that... Yeah. Yeah. I And it is it is a kind of an issue of contention for me because... You know that that is the way things are going. Like, sure, most people don't listen to albums. Most people listen to singles. But I love albums. Mm-hmm. I still listen to albums. I think of music in terms of like, I feel I feel like forty to fifty minutes is just like a great amount of yeah. time for a piece of music for a work. And I think there's like so much that just. Like, there's some ideas that you just need that amount of time to be able to really express. Yeah. You know, and like, I love like a song, but I think I love the way that songs work with each other in an mm-hmm. album. And that's just my personal interest. Yeah. I mean, actually, have you heard the uh, Kendrick Lamar album? No, I haven't. It's a, it's amazing because it is, and uh, Quinn and I, you know, yeah. we're talking about this. Quinn is like a casual hip hop fan. I, I'm just old, so it doesn't uh-huh. know. And it, um, it Quinn fits, from uh, WRGW? Yes, and cool. uh, Above the Bayou. So yeah, he, yeah. He's, on, he's in this podcast. He's part of our team. So. Oh, nice. Um, cool. And, uh, you know, it, it fits together so well as an album that you almost can't listen to it. To yeah. the point that people were picking apart singles as they came out, mm-hmm. and they're like, "I don't really like this. I don't really like yeah. this." But then you hear it in context, yeah, and you're just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I felt that way about uh, the last Dirty Projectors album, their first single, yeah. "Gun Has No Trigger." Mm-hmm. I heard it and I was like, eh, "I don't know." And then I heard it in the album and it was like, "Oh, okay." That's, that's I mean, that's honestly the only way I can listen to them. Yeah, otherwise it yeah. drives me crazy. And yeah. It's like, oh, God. But but all together it all works. Toge- all, yeah, all together you just get sort of lulled in this sort of thing. Yeah. You know? I mean, do you think like the the digital stuff is, has anything to do with people abandoning that, or is it probably? Just, I think you it, do? I, I I I mean, it's like the shortening of attention spans. You yeah, know? but you can still put on a whole thing. Sure, you can. You just lose interest really quickly. People, yeah, I no, think that's what it like, is. Click, click, yeah. Click. I think like a really good album, yeah. like. There's there's some variation, but it's essentially like one or a few sentiments, you yeah. know, over the course of like 45 minutes or whatever. And like people like no one today is in one sentiment for 45 minutes anymore. because nah. They're just like, oh, what's over here? Let me click here. Let me check. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. I got to <laughs> check my Twitter, you know. Well, and it's also it's it's causing um, it's causing weird like. I guess creative urges. I don't think anybody is really creating like that. Not because yeah. they don't necessarily want to, right? Because they don't have the like attention span. Yeah. If you if you talk to anybody who like does like so, we do any site, any any like media outlet for music, and about the submissions that they get mm-hmm. on the whole, like it'll hold your interest from tops two songs yeah. a lot of times, yeah. and you're just like, uh, I mean, albums cost money. Yeah. Yeah, or they can sometimes. Yeah. Sure, they, sure, uh, sure. Uh, uh, which where, where did you guys record this? Uh, we we did um, excuse me, we did a good amount of the recording at uh, Lighthouse Studios. Yeah, yeah. with Peter mm-hmm. Larkin, it was amazing, and we did a lot of like overdubs just like at our houses. Oh, yeah, yeah. just kind of self recording. Yeah, but so yeah, but but my point was sort of trying to get to is that you know 
people are, are taking this time to make these albums, right? right. And yeah. not thinking about what's actually on them. It's mm-hmm. just like, here's 10 songs. I got 10 songs. Okay. And a lot of times we're not talking about like label requirements either. Yeah. We're talking about like, you know, independent, uh, small things, maybe not on a label, just putting it up on Bandcamp. Yeah. And taking the time to do all this. Right. And, you know, and I, I'm sure this sounds sort of insulting to some people who are like, just, I made the best motherfucking mm-hmm. album. You know? yeah. It's like, but it, it comes off as like, man, if, if you, if you, if you, if you focus mm-hmm. a little bit more, maybe you, you'll get more, uh, out yeah. of it and other people. Yeah. I mean, that's actually what was refreshing about hearing this record is because I heard the single, uh, yeah. actually Paul from hometown sounds was like, no, you have to hear this song. Oh, cool. And, uh, and so I listened to it and I was like, Oh shit. And then, and then hearing the whole album in the context, like, yeah, I will put this on and <laughs> sit with it cool. instead of try to pick it apart. Yeah. And then there have been uh, very few of those this year yeah. so far. Yeah. Which is uh, like Louis Weeks' album. It's sort of like that, that was a cool album. Yeah. Have you, have you, the new one that's coming yeah. out. Yeah. Holy shit. It's just like, yeah. but you put it on and you get caught in it and you don't want to get up and you don't want to. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting ideas in that. Yeah. Um, for this one, were uh what were you tackling like thematically i think on on 21st century it's it's pretty obvious sure like you're thinking a lot about technology and how we relate to it and how we relate to each other sure is that sort of the the gist of the whole thing or that's definitely part of it i think um there's kind of a general malaise of being uh you know, in your mid twenties and like, what the hell am I doing with my life and where is this going and who am I? It still goes on when you're 40, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. And, uh, and it just, uh, I think those are the general, general themes of just like, just kind of the questions we have, we all have about who we are and where we're going. That was kind of what, where my head was at when, when I was writing.
easy to like discuss this stuff with you guys bef- while you're doing it to try to get like a sound. Yeah, well, the cool thing is we listen to a lot of records together, and I think you know oh, that's really? that's yeah. the thing. That is, that's actually very cool. Yeah, yeah. When you can't really define what you're going for, but right. you say it's you know it's mm. third track and that Springsteen thing. It's that that thing right after the other yeah. thing, and you can't really point to it or can't really describe it. But if you listen to it together, I felt like a lot of the moments that really worked were those kind of ineffable things that you mm-hmm. just had to get into a room and listen to separate, you know, stuff from Talking Heads to Radiohead to yeah. like yeah, we listen to a lot of records. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. I mean, that, that's that's a cool way to do it because, like you said, you can't uh, even if you can. Like, I can tell you why I like a certain record and stuff, but you're not you're you're not going to like it for the same reason. Yeah. Like it's every yeah. it, it is that subjective. Like it's and but. If you have like-minded people, I think, and you sit down and put a record. I mean, it's part of why we do the podcast. Is that we're sitting around talking about records. Sure. Uh, and then we all have to listen to the same thing. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, and sort of share different viewpoints of that. Did, um, but so you're doing that. And then was there anything, like say, that you guys brought to it that said, hey, you know, I, I'm not right, quite sure about this, but here's this other record. Have you heard this? Hmm. Uh, maybe not specifically. Um, I try to like really add some sort of groove approach to, mm-hmm. to, um, the, the tracks that, that I was on. Like Andrew said, it does a really good job of giving kind of like a rough drum outline. Um, yeah. but I don't know, really doing the thing that the bass does well, like adding that kind of in between space, that, that kind of, that feel I've chiefly put as, the goal because you know a lot of the ideas are already there a lot of the the melodic parts are already written and it's kind of writing a good drum part but also just making it groove you know it's the the primary concern how many people are in the band now five 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 there's uh this is a this is a big orchestral sound i mean who who's responsible for like some of these arrangements um so a lot of the the kind of string parts was our uh uh, old old band member, former band member, uh, Braden Dower, who plays violin, uh-huh. and we would just kind of like layer stuff. Yeah. Um, and he, I think he did a really, really great job. Um, I, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We we kind of um, we would uh, we kind of worked out a lot of those parts together. Um, he a lot of them are um, just you know kind of parts that he would play live mm-hmm. on his own, and then for the recording we would kind of like expand upon them and just kind of like come up with like harmonies and kind of figure stuff out yeah. together. Yeah. I mean, it, it works. It, uh, especially I think live, it creates this like drama that sure that you can always get just from like you singing. Sure. But if you have it like not hitting somebody over the head with it, but it's, it's there. It's, yeah. it's a yeah. blob of it. Sure. And you can just be like, Oh shit. Yeah. You know, I mean that's that's honestly what like early arcade fire was. Sure, that's all they were. Yeah. It was just all those moments packed into that, and it was like. Yeah. And if you yeah. saw them, then you was like, oh, oh my god. Did you <laughs> like, see? Him? Did you see? Him I early? did not. I, I uh. saw them. First time I saw them was on uh, early on the Neon Bible tour. Nice. But I did not nice. see. But I had. Um, there's. They did this performance at uh, Rock and Sen in in Paris, and 
I have the DVD of it around here somewhere. It was oh, just cool. burned off the internet. It's uh, if I can find it, I'll send it to you. It's cool. It's fucking amazing. I mean, you'll stand there and you'll start like just jumping up and down. Man. It's so like full of energy. Yeah. Um, and it's like a shitty like video version that was on French TV. <laughs> it's just oh, like, wow. uh, yeah. But I mean, bands like that can do that or strive to do that. You coming down, Gus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. Um. Uh. Are. Uh, they, they've been away for a while. I mean, it's weird because that, that was the other thing. Listening to this, um, a lot of indie rock that comes out, and I'm not necessarily putting you guys in that thing. I, I, these labels are, whatever, arbitrary. Sure, sure. sure. But a, a lot of stuff that would say it's indie rock or whatnot has been getting like fussier, leaning way, mm. pushing like towards the electronic music a little more. Sure. Which there isn't yeah. a problem with it, but like a. Louis Weeks again, unless you're somebody like him yeah. who has a proper, like, I guess, mastery of that, yeah. it ends up being a little, eh. yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I think there's a tendency, like, it's really easy to have, to just get a MacBook Pro. Right, yeah, and that's and, what I'm saying. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, but. It's, it's, it's hard to practice an instrument. Yeah. It's very easy to get a MacBook Pro and mm-hmm. call yourself an electronic musician. Yeah, and. there There are definitely musicians who, like, are like real musicians who like go into that Correct. and make like really and interesting that, music. That, that's the discrepancy is like, sure. or the dividing line is yeah. that if you're just opening it up, uh, I mean, look, I'm all for like creativity of any kind sure. or whatever, sure. but if you're just opening it up, you, you tend, I think to end up with a similar product to thousands of other kids who sure. also just opened up their MacBook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this, album and there's a couple more uh, going on some down in richmond and stuff yeah seems to be getting back to like uh early mid 2000s sound where it was uh you could have this bombast in indie rock that sure. might veer a little into like classic rock territory you, sure. you don't want to do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but uh and uh it's uh, back to being conscious about stuff like are we conscious of that like is that is that music like you grew up on or um I think, um, are you referring to a specific song in particular? Or? Um, well, like if I hear 21st Century, I'm immediately like Radio Cure. Mm. Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Interesting. In cool. in a good way. Not, yeah. not in like, and that's what I'm, wow. what, what I was talking about, like not being afraid to just be like, yeah, fuck it. I was yeah. influenced by yeah. stuff like this and making a good song. Yeah. Despite that. I think, uh, I think there probably is a little Radio Cure in there. Yeah. And I think it probably came in there unconsciously. Yeah. And I think that's cool. No, yeah, it is yeah. cool. It is cool. because. And it's interesting to hear you say that because I never would have thought of that, but it, I'm sure it's in there somewhere. Well, like know? we were talking with Steve um, about uh, one of his songs, that it's clear that the piano player like really loves like uh, Billy Breeze era fish. Which is a no. You don't say that to some people. You're like, uh oh. But I mean, they had some good stuff. They're yeah. good musicians and yeah. stuff. But he he actually thought it was talking about the guitar until I finally said, "Hey, no, it's this this part." And then played something off that. He's like, "Oh, what?" Hmm. And he said, "The guy who was playing keys on it like just does not listen to Fish." That's interesting. But you hear he would have heard that like in college, yeah, and stuff going around, and stuff. right? But uh, is you know, but yeah, let's say take 21st century. Um, so that's an unconscious, I guess, uh, nod towards Wilco, but I think, uh, maybe sharing our loan, November criminals, it gets more into the, uh, the somber, 
uh, My Morning Jacket stuff. Sure, sure. Which was interesting seeing you guys last night. I saw uh, My Morning Jacket 2003. It was the worst show I've ever seen in my life. Wow, really? Yeah, it was quite literally the worst show. Wow. Uh, Jump forward to like a couple summers ago and having my like face melted off. From One yeah. Morning Jacket. Yeah. Yeah, when I saw them, they were fantastic. I know, I know, I know. Um, it's something about, though, that energy that I can look back and recognize now, like mm-hmm. that I was seeing in you guys. And then oh, sonically cool. hearing this, yeah, it's, uh, you know, and you're, you're saying it's it's just all unconscious. But, like, sure. But what, so what kind of stuff do you, are you conscious that you're pulling from? It's it's interesting because it's like um like 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 you were just saying, you know, you can consciously have you know some influence mm-hmm. and then someone will hear it and and attribute it to some some other thing that yeah the person doesn't even listen to. Yeah. So like I almost don't know if it's even relevant, but assuming that it is um I think uh Consciously, probably Radiohead yeah. is real big um, in here. But who knows if it's like showing up to anyone. But right. I don't know that that matters. Yeah. But, well, it's weird because that would be the last thing I said uh, yeah. here on that record. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I like um, I like arra- I like good arrangements. Yeah. I like I like good musicianship. Mm-hmm. Um. And I guess that's I think Radiohead and Wilco and yeah, you know yeah. the Beatles is and is stuff the like that. is the overall sound uh, more important to you, to you than the uh, say the lyrical content or does one take precedent or is it is it a mix or does it just depend on the song? Um, I think uh, I I think I take both of them very seriously. Yeah. I think. Well, I, no, uh, yeah, obviously sure. you take both of them very yeah. seriously, but like, are you, will you like, if you feel this, uh, like, say the 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 words for something are, are like really what you're trying to do, mm-hmm. you'd be like, okay, let this move this stuff into the background a little bit. Sure, sure. I think um, I think that definitely depends on on the song, just per song. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I think um, I think I try to keep the. Uh, I try not to say like I kind of feel like uh if if I'm like I'm going up on stage mm-hmm. and I'm saying something and I'm demanding that I'm just by being on stage and performing in front of people I'm saying everybody look at me. Yeah. So I feel like I should have something worthwhile to say mm-hmm. in in terms of lyrics and in terms of music so I you know I try not to like have any you know, throw away lyrics or anything right. like that. Right. That said, I mean, do you have any uh, that are like your favorite songs on this particular album? And you too, Mike, if you have one. Um, I thought, uh, I think, I think, I think We Bear is good. I don't know. I got through periods where like, uh, there was like, we were, when we were done, I had like a week where I was like, yeah, I really like this album. I'm very happy with this album. And then it was like, a month of like, I hate this album. I don't want to listen to this album. Um, but uh, there's, you know, I think every I'll uh, I'll listen to I'll listen to songs and and uh, be like, oh, that's a cool song. Yeah. I think we did a good job with that. 
Um, but it varies. I, I, I liked uh, Lights in the Sky for a while. I think 21st Century yeah. is cool. I, I think Crossway Bear is, is good. Yeah. I think those are... Apocrypha for me, you know, it's yeah. like I came I came into this, you know, having having heard a lot of North Country stuff uh, before joining the band, you know, a couple of years ago and to see it kind of turn in that lyrical direction and the kind of um, that melodic direction of like kind of branching out there and, and taking a step outside of um, like still being maybe uh, roots Americana rock psychedelia stuff. But yeah. turn uh with the music and finding you know ways lyrically to fit that like i still don't 100 percent know what all the words and everything means right you know uh but that's that's me that's either half the fun, you know <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's just the, the way a lot of that stuff comes together is really yeah. pleasing to my ear um i would love to see you know some more output in that kind of direction yeah that, yeah that I mean, it works really well uh so you you were able to be like this album's done some people aren't. Yeah, yeah. Worried, worried about, how long did it take to make? <laughs> oh man, it was a uh, oh, god year and a half, two years. Jeez. From I guess from uh, the I found uh, I found demos of uh, sharing our alone from like a year and a half ago, two years ago on my computer that like we were recording together. So it was like this and also we like we lost our our old drummer uh-huh. our old drummer quit and so and that's when we brought in mike and were the songs too intense <laughs> no you know, <laughs> no, for, yeah, know for all the reasons that uh, yeah. people leave bands um but um yeah it took a while and i don't know there was like and i i guess i i don't know if other people have this but i really like I felt like I knew when it was done and I didn't want to set a deadline and I felt like uh, I like it, it was like because, you, you know, you would listen to the track and you would say, OK, this part could be better. I guess it's I guess the point when I, I knew it was done was the point where it was like, I don't think there's anything else I can do to this to make it better. Right. I think that was my process. And it wasn't. It wasn't out of frustration. It was just like no, no. no. Like, it was. There were it doesn't like throw shit down. Like fuck this. I can't no, do it anymore. No, no. Yeah. I tried to avoid getting to that point. Yeah. Because it on our first album there were there are uh, there are parts that I just was not satisfied with, and it's it's like every time I listen to that album mm-hmm. or I hear that album, I compare it 
to the album in my head that I knew that it should have been. And I really didn't want to have that. It's just such an unpleasant, horrible experience. And I didn't want to have that again with this album. Well, theoretically, though, now you have the opportunity live, at least, to go and, like, you know, if you're you're a different, like, group, different sound musicians, you can go and actually fix some of that. Sure. Not on record. I mean, that's that's done. It's out there. But yeah. Uh, but you know, you could take some of those out and be like, hey, yeah. try these ideas and then yeah. apply some of the stuff you learned yeah. from making this. Yeah. I, I mean, know. it's going to be different. Yeah. It's going to be different. Yeah. What, what, what do you think you learned about like making records as a whole or like, you know, getting, getting the band together out of like making this album? Um, I think, I think, uh, that, uh, I think it's just a matter of time. It's just not rushing it. Yeah. That's. I think that's my preferred method for making records is just you know when it's done don't rush it and make the record that you want yeah and not forcing it right yeah well because you can't um i mean obviously you don't have like major label input and stuff sure. you don't have a lot of people giving you notes that's sure no uh, one I and I know and I don't know how much longer you'll have that actually. Yeah. If you're if you're lucky or unlucky, whatever. Sure. Sure. If um, the uh, but that that's the thing is like make you have no control over how anybody is going to receive this. Right. 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 And people worry so much about it. Yeah. Like a friend of mine who's uh, who's a musician, he's uh, constantly asks me like, should I name the album this? Should I do this? Should mm-hmm. I do this? Like. What, what do you want to name it, man? Right, right. Like, right. it's yours. Yeah. And maybe five people like it. Maybe yeah. 500,000 people like right, it. You know, right, right. You don't know. But it's yours. Yeah. And, and if you keep it at that, that's right. all. And that, that rule, I think, is just throughout recorded that, or just entertainment music, period. Yeah. You can tell something comes across there that it is honest and that it is yours. And they, that's and they, yeah, and that's stuck the key to word it. there, and you, honest. And you, and you hear that regardless of... Maybe it was recorded like shit. Maybe right. it, you know, uh, maybe there's maybe there's a bad song on it, but it yeah. doesn't. It doesn't matter because you can tell. Yeah, and people like that resonates with people, and I think pulls them in. So, really, what you want at the end of the day is not just people who like like that album. They want you want like your band. Yeah, yeah. Like the band is not like a static thing. I don't think. Yeah, you know? and so you know, you're all performing for people, and that's uh, a different side of it. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, what what are your plans right now, currently, for the album and for like tours and stuff? So we are uh, hitting the road uh, April third uh-huh. to seventeenth. We're going going south. You can uh, check out all the dates on. Uh, they're up on our website, thenorthcountrymusic.com. dot com, um, and we have our uh, album release show at uh, Rock and Roll Hotel Which is- in DC. On uh, Friday, April seventeenth, with Paper House mm-hmm. and Fellow Creatures, you, you, you are friends with both of those guys. Close friends. They were pa- Alex from Paper House. I've been close buddies with since college, um, and this whole thing has kind of been a, a fun yeah. experience, kind of side by side. And Sam and uh, Will from Fellow Creatures, we were big big fans of Ugly Purple Sweater back mm-hmm. when they were Ugly Purple Sweater and. They were kind of like uh, we when when we first started playing as North Country. We'd uh, I remember having just like band discussions during practice, just like okay, how do we become a good band? How do we be a good band? Well, what does Ugly Purple Sweater do? What do we do? <laughs> so let's just do that. 
So they, the fact that we can have this album release show with Paper House and fellow creatures yeah. is really exciting. Cool. So uh, speaking of those bands and speaking of like DC in the past, to my ear, I'm going to say a year and a half. Sure. But it's been going on a lot longer. But sure. I think there were some seeds laid four yeah. or five years ago, and yeah. now all this like it's coming up really like great like playing on the national stage sure. type stuff is coming up. Yeah. Uh you used to, you still have a bathtub republic. Yep. So how much would you attribute the house show scene that's built up around here to what's going on now? I think that's I think uh largely I would attribute yeah. I think that's a big part of it. I think um and I like Bathtub Republic we never would have started if uh Giving credit where credit is due, Alex Tabalef with the Paper House. Yeah. That was like the beginning for me. Yeah. It's like, and he's, he's whispered a lot. That's why Quinn does it. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. two reasons. Because uh, literature was supposed to play at GW or something. And mm-hmm. he was, we were literally taping a podcast. Mm-hmm. And me and another guy who's over 40 were like, nah, fuck that. I have a show at your house. Uh-huh. And now, like 10 shows later, yeah. you know, he's like, uh, yeah, but yeah, it's Alex like whispering in people's ears and saying, yeah. hey, "We should do this." I I remember going to the early Paper House shows and feeling like it was like a first. First, it was like welcoming, yeah, which was very big because w- I remember when I first started coming to shows in DC, maybe like five or six years ago, there was this vibe of like, uh, "You're not cool enough to be here," right? Like it was kind of standoffish, yeah. and it was really not pleasant and alex like opened up his house and was just like everyone come on in yeah you know and i think a lot of people were like oh wow you can just you can just do this and i think um that that was kind of the starting point in my mind and uh there was i remember going to a lot of those shows and and thinking of this as kind of like a forum just like a forum for creative people to come and just like try out stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that from there, it just kind of grew like other people opening up their houses. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's one thing to be able to find a rehearsal space and do what you do and, sure. and working musician or whatever, but it's a very different thing to put that into practice. Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, it's a struggle to get into, especially in DC, a lot of the venues in here. Sure. Uh, you know, and I'm not smirching them at that at all. They're there to make money. Sure. Um, business, uh, and, but uh, I think the more you, the more opportunity you have to get out and just be in front of people. Yeah, like you said, it, it yeah. becomes a sort of like people who are interested workshop too. that people can go and try yeah. stuff, and you might yeah. see somebody who's in a band for like a week. Yeah, and be like, nah, that wasn't working so much. Yeah, yeah. You know, like how many bands have you been in, Mike? Now, uh, in DC, uh, three or four. Three or four. Um, I've been here 10 years and have been in bands. I grew up in Texas okay. all my life, uh, around a lot of players, a lot of musicians. So a lot of bands, probably too many to count. But you're uh, not at South by Southwest this year? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a little too hectic <laughs> yeah. for me. But, uh, but yeah, I always had that feeling because I did, I did school here that there were always more bands than there were venues to accommodate mm. those bands. And it took a while to kind of, you know, peel back the layers and all these scenes and see where all this stuff was happening. But, you know, I, I think that's, that's, true to this day there's dc has always had a rich history of, of great you know music and yeah. it's it's all there and i think some of the 
the economics of how the city's grown have have lent it so that mm. these house venues are the go-to places just just because you know um just going back to what i was saying yeah. just there there are more there are more great musicians and these venues can really house and hold and um yeah um so also yeah. some, of, some of these venues too it's like it's on Bay city like, has better sound than black cat upstairs yeah i'll just i'll just throw that out there yeah, right it's, now it's unpleasant there's like someone talking at the bar this yeah. it's no, like, and I, no i love black cat don't sure, you but sure. like a basement in yeah. a house right now has better than yeah. <laughs> sound than yeah. one of the best clubs in arguably in the country sure. and it's just like yeah and i mean to your point i think about uh, all these musicians and stuff. There's also, I mean, we were under the the ghost of Fugazi and Discord for years. Oh my god! Which Seriously. you know, I'm not you know, and we've we've talked a lot about it on this podcast, and people are like, "Yeah, fuck you." What are you talking? I'm like, <laughs> I, I love Fugazi. Sure, I'm tired of talking about. It. Oh my god! And I'm tired so of tired of people like thinking that that's what you know. If, if there's a if there's anything punk influences in this town, it will get so much more attention. Yeah. Yeah. So to see this like album pop up and be like, oh shit, yeah. and, and Steve's album, yeah, you know, and it was just like, where in the fuck did that come from? Yeah. Because yeah. you know that's not what you hear about, right? Getting made too much, right? right. Uh, but people like you are out there. Um, I mean, something Steve and I were actually talking about, um, and I'll ask you guys. Uh, DC is also people come here to work. Sure, it's the seat of power. Oh, yeah, not, but you have a remarkable concentration of. Arguably intelligent people, yeah. you would hope they are. Uh, that does not or educated, educated people. Yeah, let's look at that. <laughs> Very educated. Um, that does not exclude them from uh, being creative, though. Sure. And so I asked him, "Do you think that that has fed uh, that these people are here and exist has fed this house shows and you know, alternative venue stuff scene, or vice versa? If they saw that and were like, man, I really like to." play guitar (laughs) i i think um i think that it i think dc it's to what to what you're saying is like very ambitious Mm -hmm. the people of dc are are very ambitious people and i think that um they're they're not people that like rest on their laurels they're like you know people flock to this city to to save the whatever you yeah. know to come fight whatever they come here to do something yep. and i think that culture exists in the music scene mm-hmm. where people are are very driven and they work hard and uh i think also um in terms of uh the house scene and this this line i can attribute to ben Uzi of uh pre yeah. like we're all just really good organizers in this city. <laughs> so that's one of the reasons. I've never heard that, but that's factually true. Yeah, so that's one it's of the a reasons bunch of, why. It's yeah. a bunch of type A personalities yeah. like organizing shit. Yeah, um, I think that's one of the reasons why the house scene is kind of blown up. Yeah. Just everyone kind of taking it upon themselves to, all yeah. right, you from here, come on here on this date and we'll have a show, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely. And, and you know, to be clear, there are some things I think that need to be hammered out. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's a lot of liability in, in throwing a house show. Like, oh, yeah. Like, there's a, re- there's a reason <laughs> oh my we've God. talked about it, doing it upstairs in that space. We might yeah. do some, like, little showcase things. Sure. But, like, even last night, I was walking by, and, like, uh, you know, they were, like, collecting money at the door. They weren't counting who was coming in. Sure. And stuff. And they were asking people four or five times, like, yeah. can you pay? And it's like, 
uh, you know, if, yeah, it's, the, the feel good vibe is is great, yeah. but at the same time, you're opening your place up to expose people to bands like you, sure, and you you take on uh, sort of like they're your customer. Yeah, it's a, it's a, and if you don't know how to do that, it's straddling some a couple a couple things here. Are you guys playing uh, house shows on your tour or, or more traditional? We've, we have a couple about half and half. We have a couple. Nice. Uh, we have some some house venues. We have some proper venues. You're not going to uh, Athens, Georgia, are you? We're going to Atlanta, is but we're not going. I might, to I might hook you up with my friends in Road Kill Square. Oh yeah, Meet cool. All those guys, yeah, sweet. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, so it is. Yeah, it it, it has been just cool to see and like i i personally want to see more venues like babe city sure you know because that yeah. that was just a minor thing that yeah. that was run like clock i mean they're professionals band there. get off yeah <laughs> guy walks through with a stick says north country's going on yeah. get downstairs they're really really professional um, about it you know which is uh and it provided uh i mean that's the first time i've seen you guys I'm glad that was the way I saw you guys for the first time. Cool. Because it was a very, like, uh, personally intimate experience, yeah. like, with you guys, like, just fucking fighting out these songs in front of people and just being like, <laughs> like fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, new album. Yeah. Any work? Any work? No, the next album. Oh, the, yeah, we are, we have a bunch of songs that we're uh, working on now. I mean, it takes it takes so long to record and you know polish the songs up that by the time it's done you have a whole batch of new songs so we're i think we'll we'll have um we didn't play any of the new song like brand new songs last night but uh which was partly because you know we we had a new bass player so we wanted to just like get the old standards but um we have some new ones that we'll be playing on tour um that that i think will appear on uh a future Very album nice. at some point. Yeah. Well, um, this being DC, like I, I won't ask the gross, like you know, what do you guys do? <laughs> you know, but is, is this uh, you think now that you've got uh, this album under your belts? You think this might be like what you're trying to do? I mean, this is absolutely what I'm. This what is I'm absolutely what you, yeah. yeah. This is what I'm absolutely what I'm trying to do. Um, yeah, that's what that's what this is. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Same. Same with me. Just trying to make a life out of music. Any way I can, you know. Yeah. I do merch for some other bands. I do, you know, I will do anything musically to keep it in that fold, to keep, you know, down this track. Well, I think you guys are doing a good job. Uh, The new album, uh, which is There's Nothing to Fear, uh, it's going to be out on the 20th of April. So back your bongs, kids. (laughs) (laughs) There uh, you go. And uh, get ready when it comes out because it is it is fantastic. Thank you very much. Is uh, I don't say that about a lot of stuff, but it it is it is a fantastic album. Thank you very much. Uh, Thanks for coming down. Thanks for uh, having me. Honestly, come back anytime you want. Cool. Hopefully next time we'll have more beer. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot. Thank you. Because it's getting harder to know. The load we share Watching it all move so slow It's the space between What is and what isn't yet It's the things we say And the games we play That get washed away When we remember to forget Thank you.
That's our conversation with Andrew Grossman and Michael Hernandez of the North Country. I hope you enjoyed that. We, we tried to throw a few songs in there to contextualize a little songs off the new album, to contextualize it a little, to, to give you an idea of the type of stuff that we're talking about. That last song you heard is actually the single, uh, The Cross We Bear. There's a fantastic video out for that uh, that we'll put a link for in the show notes, but they, they're just, uh, they killed it. Uh, a fantastic video to go along with a fantastic song. Um, in those show notes, we're also going to put a link to their Bandcamp page. So when the album comes out, uh, and I cannot stress this enough, uh, go buy it. It's one of my favorite albums of 2015, and I think after uh, you hear the whole thing, uh, it's going to be one of yours. Uh, even better, though, on uh, 417, they're having their CD release show at the Rock and Roll Hotel, uh, and they're bringing some friends along with them. Paper House and Fellow Creatures are opening up for them. We'll, we'll put some links so you, so you can get familiar with those guys if you're not, if you're not here in D.C., uh, I cannot stress highly enough that how much you should be at this show. Uh, we're going to be at this show. I think our whole crew is going to be at the show. Uh, it's just going to be a, a great night of music. Never mind like local, otherwise DC, wh- whatever, man. It's just going to be a great night of music. Uh, and so uh, really happy to see uh, these guys sort of killing it. And uh, you know, looking forward to see what this album does for them once it gets out. So. Uh, thanks to Andrew and Mike for coming down again. Thanks to you for listening uh, to our podcast. As usual, you can subscribe to us in iTunes. You can uh, listen to us on Stitcher, which means you can now listen to us on Deezer, which we haven't figured out yet, but we will uh, eventually. Uh, if you like what you hear, go ahead and rate us. Uh, and if not, we will just continue uh, in an aimless sea of non-feedback uh, to do what we do. Um, so there it is. That is our podcast for this week. Uh, not sure what we're going to be talking about next week, but we will be back next week. So until then, uh, take care and keep putting good stuff in your ears. No, 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 no. <laughs> Kenobi!